Right, hello folks, welcome back to Dicing with Design. Um, joined this time uh, by Danny from uh, Those Who Play, who has a Kickstarter, which is just coming to its uh, finishing stages. Uh, so hello Danny. And uh, I thought we'd start off maybe if you could uh, introduce yourself and uh, let us know how you, uh, first of all, how, how you got into gaming, uh, what, what's your background in that regard? Uh, well, I started basically playing games when I was really young, but didn't really get mm -hmm. into pen and paper stuff until I was about 15. Mm -hmm. Then went on to game design and pen and paper is just so much easier to design than video games. In fact, you can make a game that is more in-depth because you don't have to sit and program such annoying fiddly stuff. Yeah. It was actually really nice to be able to just sit for months and months on end, working out all these different rules and stuff, and actually just being able to test them straight away without having to worry about the whole digital aspect of it. Because mm -hmm. you're coming out of this from both ends, aren't you? Because you're, a, you're a, currently a student of games design, is it? Yeah, studying at university. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's nice to be able to practice what I'm learning. Yeah, so it's um it's an interesting subject that we we keep threatening to do uh do a do a feature on is uh, digital versus analog, and it's interesting to hear uh, uh someone who is uh, working working on both uh, at the same time. Uh, cool. So um, so what was the, what was your first sort of tabletop experience? Was it Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, no, my first experience was we had two six-sided dice. And a rough idea of what role playing was. Okay. And that was the best. <laughs> okay, so you were uh, just rolling dice against uh, sort of what setting yourself a challenge rating and rolling dice, uh, rolling a couple of dice against that. Yeah, pretty much. Like, how difficult would this be? Roll some dice. Did you get a high number? Yeah, well done. You defeat the dragon. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Good stuff. Is that uh? system that's sort of developed or have you started from scratch? We started from scratch because uh, mm -hmm. that one was like too uh, too all over the place when we used to play it that way. Mm -hmm. so that's one that's a lot more thought out. But it does stem from that that kind of idea of just complete freedom. None of the arbitrary numbers that Dungeons & Dragons imposes. Uh huh. Yeah. So you're sitting. The, the the whole idea of the the reason you're there is you're sitting there. You're making stories with your friends. Yeah. And instead of, you know, having to make the perfect build or anything, it is just simply playing the characters, and seeing how difficult things would actually be to do, rather than okay. the how to do it. Okay. So you still are coming from uh, in in terms of that system, then coming to at it from quite a. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, sort of simulationist view. You you want to put realistic probabilities in there. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. still have it so that the characters, their skills and traits matter. Which mm -hmm. I think, according to the playtesters, worked. Okay. So I, sh I should say I've I've had a chance to play a, a short game at, at Compulsion. I think I I talked about it on on the show before, and. Uh, yeah, it was a very fun game where we were given the... Ch what, was the what were the two games that you had ready to go? I had a Hitler Shark or a Gladiator Game of Thronesy type thing. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I remember Okay, I remember now, yeah, because we eventually plumped for Hitler Shark. I have to say, to my shame, I, I decided against Hitler Shark at first, but uh, I was shown to be very much mistaken. 
it was a <laughs> quite a fun game. Uh, hilarious, in fact. Um, now, I've, yeah, I should say because it was, you know, I played it was a it was a short con game, so I wouldn't I wouldn't have uh, um, explored all all the depths of that game myself. What I do remember was it was uh, uh, well run and the. The system really didn't get in the way of of the role playing, which was which was brilliant. It's exactly what you want, yeah. uh, really. Um, so why don't you take us through some of the major features of of the design? Uh, what one thing I one thing I think you're proud of is is the whole idea of the sort of simultaneity of the of the actions and the way that you handle initiative. I oh, yeah, the dynamic combat system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when. I was sitting down with some of the playtesters and we were thinking basically how do we get out of this usual role-playing game rut where the fastest character usually wins because mm-hmm. when we've played D&D for about five years or so and we have a character who plays a ranger and rangers just trump everything. Yeah. So we kind of designed the system so that people who want to play big strong characters still have that chance in combat to come back and do stuff instead of just getting their legs chopped off in the first round. The dynamic combat system is meant to be kind of like the way you see in martial arts movies where everyone knows what they're about to do and it's all choreographed but people react naturally and usually do the wrong reactions. So you see someone expect someone to move and swings for them before they get them because they've went in one initiative and tried to met again. So it's quite interesting yeah. to see basically everyone trying to outfight each other using knowledge they've brought in from the fighting styles they've chosen game. So mm-hmm. it's one of those ways it's really nice for people who actually know martial arts because they can make use of that for the first time. Well, that's something I did want to to, to raise because uh, I believe you are the first ninja we've ever had on the show. <laughs> that's good to know. Uh, yeah, you study ninjutsu, don't you? Yeah, along with so, some of the playtests as well, actually. And, and do you feel that you brought some of your own knowledge of uh, ninjutsu into, into, into your design? I think uh, actually practicing ninjutsu did really help with the dynamic combat system because it means that uh, distraction and basically being smarter than your opponent makes a lot more sense in this system than it does in Dungeons & Dragons. Stuff like, uh, I wish this was a video because there's a lot of really funny things you do in ninjutsu to throw your opponent off, which during playtesting really screws with some of the bigger opponents. Uh, so you sort of things. So what is that fainting? Uh, is it fainting yeah, like FEI? So yeah, like uh, fainting attacks works a lot better in the system because you can say you know you're going to feign a stab, and mm-hmm. another like at another player, and another player might react by saying they jump back, and that means it's working as intended because right. they can't exactly leap into it because they could win initiative, leap into it to get you, and then your feign may actually hit. Because it is more kind of chaotic than turn-based. Uh, so is is that a case of somebody sort of using their action to react to yours? I have to think a lot more about what is the smartest move rather than how do I screw them over. Yeah, do you want to take us through uh, how the dynamic combat system works then? How you, how you achieve these goals? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, basically, in the dynamic dynamic combat system. Uh, there is a group, basically the DM explains the situation as it is, so say me and you are facing off against a giant ogre of a huge club. Okay. We would 
look at the situation. We think about what we want to do. Say you are a powerful wizard. You want to, you're going to fireball it in the face. And I'm going to run in and start hacking at its knees with my huge axe. And okay. DM says it's going to hit with its club. It's going to try and crush me because I am the most threatening looking to it. We would then take a d10 for initiative, roll it, and add our fast attributes if we have any. So say I do because I'm a fighter, so I'm trained to be quick on my feet. But okay. the ogre is slow, so it's actually taking a minus one while I'm getting a plus one. What is it that's on my character sheet that tells me that I'm fast or slow? It would be in your traits section. You could uh, have it written however you want, swift, fast, quick. Basically, okay. any way that's written, but you can only have one of them. And All right, so it's one of one of the descriptors that I get to... Put into uh, your system. Okay. So that defines your character while uh, you would then roll for your magic using your skills. Okay, let's take us, take us back to this ogre then. Okay. So the ogre rolls, say, three, because it's a very slow and stupid ogre. I roll seven, and you roll nine. So okay. even though I'm fast, you've won the luck of the draw. You get a nice fireball into the ogre's face, and you'd roll for your magic. Your magic would be in your skills. So say you have pyromancy, and you're a master at pyromancy. That means you get to roll 40-10 for pyromancy, and then you get an extra d10 for the pull, the mental pull. Uh, there's four pulls, physical for physical stuff, mental for magic and uh, mental stuff, uh, spiritual for more clericy kind of stuff, like talking to gods and stuff like that, and social for the obvious social stuff. So you'd hit, you'd roll, uh, roll all your dice, which I actually have in front of me, so I can, so I can just pull numbers at mass, and you get rather decent roll of 30. So okay. hitting an ogre would be a normal task. So that's 15. Because you take the average of two dice for most tasks. Okay, and that um, and what decides the difficulty of that roll? Uh, usually the storyteller. Uh, mm -hmm. But as you can contest the storyteller if you think he's being unjustly harsh. So right, and that, that comes down to a group decision then? It can come down to a group decision, but there are a lot of stuff in the book to tell you uh, basically what comes under what. Uh, so stuff like you know, shooting a person while they're running would be probably a normal task, uh, mm -hmm. but shooting a person while they're running and they're about half a mile away, probably a difficult task, mm -hmm. and shooting someone while they're running inside a concrete tunnel and you can't see them is an impossible task. Okay, so that so there's, there's quite uh, uh, quite extensive guidelines there to help you to help your group out in, in those sorts of situations. Yeah, but okay. at the end of the day, it does come down to the DM, the GM, and this the player's discretion. Okay. I'm saying here it's a normal task because it's a big thing, it's moving, and you're wanting to get it and do a little bit of damage, or do quite a bit of damage. So okay. call that fifteen. You've got task plus 15, because you rolled a 30. So that's 15 plus 15, 30. And according to the damage table, which you check to see kind of how much damage you've done, as in task plus 15 would be most NPCs are killed, uh, flesh is boiled, bones are broken, bullets uh, riddle like Swiss cheese. Yeah. So quite extensive damage. You've pretty much blinded the thing, burnt all the skin on its face, and it loses its action. 
because it's taking so much damage, which is part of the system again, making it more dynamic. Okay, yeah, with lots of possibilities of um, repercussions for your for your for your success and failures. Yep, uh, which means you've made my job easier as it's busy patting its face. It's no longer trying to hit me, so that means I get to run in, and the storyteller would say that'd probably be a easier task. So seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can deal a killing blow rather easily. Okay. So it really uh, advances upon teamwork rather than the usual squabble for XP you usually get. Okay. I don't know if that's just my group. Well, you say you're taking it to uh, to a few groups. I think I think we actually didn't teamwork, which is much teamwork, which is why we failed. Yeah, it was just you versus... Was it you? It was, versus it was me versus the Hitler shark, yes. Yeah. Right, so anything else about the combat uh, system in general, or, or in particular, I mean? Um, well, the nice thing about the system is it works for every setting as well. It mm, goes right, from, okay. uh, The same system can be used for brawling all the way up to spaceship combat. Mm -hmm. So that makes it pretty nice for not having to learn hundreds and hundreds of rules. Yeah, so how do you achieve that uh, sort of adaptability? Uh, well, basically just think of everything as an actor in the game, the same way you would when you're devising video games. Uh, if two ships are going at it and they're shooting each other, then the pilot is just using their piloting role and seeing what they're doing in each action compared to the other ship, which okay. is much like two people fist fighting. And so you're just using different skills, but it's mechanically uh, fairly similar. And of course, the the narrative that you're building is different in the in the way that you describe it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, what about classes then? You say there there isn't a, there isn't a, obviously I wouldn't having only played the con game I wouldn't have exp I've not experienced the uh, sort of uh, character development system. How how does that work? And how how do you get your character to be different from uh, from from your neighbors? Um. Well, because there's no classes and the skills and traits system, uh, the skills and traits, you basically just describe the character with how they are, that's their traits. So they mm. could be strong, like very strong, could be fairly swift and stuff like that, and that defines them. And then you do the skills, which is the stuff they've learned in their lives. They might know how to read, they might be very capable wizards and have uh, knowledge of various magical skills. And mm. it's basically the same way you would describe a friend like how they are and what they can do. Yes, because the the skills they're they're relatively descriptive, aren't they? Yeah, because I mean, and the, why do you take why do you take dragons? But I don't like the number system. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I have eighteen in strength, therefore I am very good at strength. Yeah, I prefer to just say you know, I am a very strong character, and that is my trait. I'm very strong, rather okay, than so say numbers. So without a number, without a number attached to it. Yeah. Okay. So so what's to stop everybody from saying I'm 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 strong, I'm dexterous, and uh, I'm intelligent, charismatic, wise, and <laughs> if you catch my meaning. Uh, well, mainly because it's a point by system. There's only so much you can buy. Uh, we had a problem in playtesting in the first time when there was too much points to spend, so people ended up having these godlike characters. But with the numbers we're working with now. People who make, you know, action hero gods like Schwarzenegger and stuff like that end up not being able to really conduct themselves in anything else because you've built yourself as a killing machine. 
and then really the storyteller is kind of uh, obligated to stick you in a ballroom and just yes. act. So I mean, you can be incredibly strong, incredibly fast, and smart. I mean, some people are, but I mean, okay. can you read me right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so then you're sort of achieving, uh, you're achieving then uh, working within the system uh, balance through the through the GM uh, using their uh, discretion, really. Yeah, using their discretion to put to put uh, uh, characters in different in different situations and varied situations where they need those other skills. Yeah, and the other thing is, I mean, it puts a lot of trust in the players. I feel it's kind of harsh to put a lot of restrictions on you, saying you know you can't have this if you're this. Mm -hmm. You can be strong. You can be fast. You could be like a massive muscle man and still be intelligent. And I don't like yeah. those restrictions. Because in some systems you also have this thing where uh, you have a you can spend all your points on an awesome magic weapon of your ancestors, uh, but you then end up with a character who none of your ancestors would ever give this weapon to because he's an idiot and can't uh, can't pick it up because yeah. <laughs> he spent all his points on the sword. Yeah, that strange uh, like opposed stat system. Yeah. Yeah, we try to get away from that. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, um, sorry, is there, is there anything more you want to say about the mechanics? I'll talk about the character creation system. Uh, as you've seen in the one you played, uh, the Hitler Shark campaign, not so much stuff on it, because we're playing a kind of slightly silly modern-day campaign. You guys uh -huh. had the kind of, tech, kind of skills you would have as someone in your profession. So... Mm -hmm. I think the captain had stuff like boating, harpoon use, knife use. I think he had brawling. And he had a few other kind of maritime stuff going on there. Uh, whereas, what did you play again? I was the scientist. Uh, yeah, so you had stuff like biology and chemistry. Uh, you had a few other science-related skills. And ninjutsu as well. Hmm? And ninjutsu. Uh, yeah, you also had ninjutsu. So just like Sam Beckett off of Quantum Leap, I could... Unexplicably do <laughs> to a martial art. Brilliant. Well, scientists have to have some way of defending themselves. Exactly. So yeah, uh, so basically that really defines the character. You know, straight off the bat from looking and reading the skills and traits, that your character is a scientist. They have a background in science and are also for some reason a ninja. Yeah. So that really lets you describe your character and how they came to that. I feel. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, certainly, in, in, especially in that context, it was brilliant uh, to. It really gave you a bit of a grounding in because the they are they are so descriptive. Mm -hmm. uh, the character sheet is what does wind up being so descriptive. It, it helped out to. Uh, it helped to. Remind you how to play the character as well. Yeah, exactly. It gave give you sort of narrative prompts as to uh, or sort of character prompts. And the the traits. Uh, Again, help just describe the character, but they also mm. have gameplay benefits as well. As you've seen, uh, when you're strong or fast, you can add plus one to your roll for ever many points in fast or strong you have, uh, which really helps make certain characters stand out in certain situations. Okay, so how how does your character then uh, mechanically develop? Um, well, same way that humans do. You learn their skills by actually going out and learning them. You 
develop new traits through emotional experiences and hardships. And it's really like we like narrative stuff, but it's also really simulationist mm -hmm. when it comes to building upon your character. So I mean, you won't get experience for killing a war band of orcs, but you might get points in guerrilla tactics if you use them. You might get points in magic if you've learned faster and stronger ways of doing fireballs. Uh huh. You might even oh. be better of a sword at the end of it. Okay, and that and that's decided based on what's happened in the story, the GM they want, will then make that decision at the end of a session, is that right? Uh, actually, it can happen during sessions as well. Okay. Uh, so it is similar to leveling up, uh, but there is a lot of help in the book on how to deal with that sort of stuff. Uh, usually, to develop a new skill from scratch, you'd probably have to learn it, maybe for training it for a month, the same way you would go to a short course. Okay. And... If you have a, like a big battle or emotional hardship or something like that, then the GM can hand them out similar to the way they would do in other games with XP and rewards. Okay, so um, how do you find your playtest play group? Uh, do, are they uh, very supportive? Uh, how, how, does, how does it work? Is it a bit of a collective or are you the, uh, are you the, you the mastermind behind it, behind it all? Uh, we started with just a bunch of friends playtesting, and they are brutally honest. Excellent. That's what you want. Yeah, and they know how to min-max and break most systems, which is very, very bad. <laughs> uh, so the system's been rigorously tested uh, before it even came to Compulsion, uh, before it went up to Gugs in Glasgow or any of these. Uh -huh. uh, so it's been tested with a few different groups now, and I've been... Again, some of the playtesters to DM it without any help to uh -huh. see if they understand just what's written in the book as well. And yeah, a lot of people seem to enjoy it. Uh, and I've got a lot of positive feedback from the most recent versions. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Now, there, there, is, um, there is a version currently available, right? So um, what, what is the difference once this goes... Uh, once you're successfully funded it in Kickstarter... I mean, we should we should say just now that uh, there are just a few days to to back. So I'm putting out this episode really quick. Um, so you should be if you're if you're in quick, you should still be able to get on get on this by looking uh, looking at Kickstarter for those who play. Uh, so 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 why are you going to Kickstarter? What 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 do you hope to gain from that? Uh, well, as you said, there is a version currently available, but that's uh, an older version now. And it is just the basic system. Mm -hmm. uh, the core rulebook's hoping to just expand upon that and give you a bunch of other rules to set up things that aren't really explained in the core one just now, like in the online version just now. Mm -hmm. uh, stuff like rules for creating NPCs really quickly, uh, collisions and stuff like that. Just to give the narrative a bit more flavor, really. And okay. also, the Kickstarter gets the artists paid. <laughs> And gets us to print some books. Yeah, because I was looking there. There's 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 some um, there's some good looking art uh, there on on your website and on the uh, on on the Kickstarter website as well. And uh, absolutely get them. Uh, I suppose it would be for looking making the book look um, as professional as possible. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so currently we're just going through the beast area, uh, try to add in as much cool stuff as we can think of. Uh, and a couple of the usual fantasy and modern sci-fi tropes. 
just so people know how the system works in that regard. Yeah, and what I like, what I like to see from the, what I enjoy seeing in in the in your Kickstarter page is it says that uh, you're planning for your uh, settings books to be, uh, and those are those are stretch goals from the Kickstarter, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, sorry. Uh, currently, they're stretch goals solely that they come out faster. If I can get more money, I can hire more artists and maybe get some help from other people I know to try and write these books up and get them published as soon as possible. Uh, but without the stretch goals, they'll probably take at least a year for the first two. It's What's really encouraging is you're planning for these expansion books and the settings books to be quite a bit bigger than the, than the core rule book, right? Yeah. Which is something I always like to see. Uh, uh, the rules there light enough and, and but light enough to use deep enough to sort of develop your develop your characters uh, but then with plenty of help for actually what you're going to where you're going to tell the story and how the story is going to be told in the in the setting yeah and uh, also the website is going to be used for uploading smaller settings and uh, small campaigns and stuff to run along with tips and guides and stuff like that. Okay, good stuff. Right, uh, something else on your website is some uh, quite cool um, uh, videos uh, demonstrating yeah, the dynamic combat system, uh, showing the, the, the big difference between uh, characters operating uh, one by one and, and simultaneously, which I find quite entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, if you watch the dynamic one, no, sorry, the traditional one, when uh, Shanice, the girl with the red hair, gets me in the face, that's not scripted. That really hurt. <laughs> that looked a bit. That did look a bit. Um, I think I think it's stiff how it's called the way it's called in uh, pro wrestling. <laughs> Pretty hard shot. But hey, she fell on her backside in the in the in the second video, so <laughs> maybe got a bit of revenge there. Okay, is there anything else you want to say about the about the system and, and about the Kickstarter? Uh, well, about the Kickstarter, I mean, even if we don't get funded, we are still going to go to print probably sometime about August or September, depending mm -hmm. on how well the art goes. Uh, yeah. That's the main uh, thing slowing us down just now, as one of the artists left recently. Mm -hmm. so, but, uh, but I believe this this is about making it... Not about making the book, but making a, a better book, right? Yeah, a better book. And to make sure that when it does go to print, there's no problems and we can get it shipped off to people as soon as they order. Mm -hmm. uh, so you get so started. We're getting in beforehand, helping a developer start up. Absolutely, which is what it's actually about. It should be said that this is, yeah, this, this is a real Kickstarter, folks. This isn't, uh, simply a, this isn't simply a pre order system, as you see, especially with a lot of the miniature games. Uh, that are coming out. This is uh, yeah, this is useful money. You got a, quite a modest, uh, a modest sum, I'd say, for compared to a lot of the gaming kickstarters you see, and uh, just a, a few more, a few more folks getting involved can make, can make all the difference here. Yeah, I think uh, if I'm right, it's only about thirty more people need to buy. <laughs> mm -hmm, absolutely, yeah, and uh, I know we. Uh, Go out to hunt hundreds of people somehow, uh, but uh, <laughs> hopefully someone can find it in the heart to help a young Scottish developer fend off starvation. <laughs> okay, uh, 
Um, so why why do you um tell us about your plans for your plans for settings then? Because those all seem really interesting. First of all, tell me tell me about Hitler Shark. <laughs> that, and that setting. What what's uh, what's that all about? The Hitler Shark setting isn't so much uh, just a big book of Hitler Shark. It's actually <laughs> going to be in a big collaboration book based on various B movies. Uh huh. Uh, so we're talking about Sci-Fi Channel, Sharknado stuff here, right? Yeah, like basically everything by Bruce Campbell, that sort of stuff. Oh, yes. Uh, nice. Rules and tips and uh, setting-specific stuff on how to run B-movie games. Uh, you know, like the badass trait adds to whenever you do something badass. Right, okay, and that one then like you'll get a mechanical... Uh, so you then get a mechanical... Bonus for this sort of, sort of the your narrative style that you you take your character down. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, basically the B movie one is going to have Hitler Shark in it and his Legion of Goose Stepping Piranhas. Um, yep. We're toying with some other ideas. Uh, really hard to find because we want to put six in and really think them out, like the way the adventures would run. Okay. Uh, so we're just throwing ideas around. And basically, that involves staying up very late until you're very tired, and just saying random things to each other, like the thing from Uranus. We want to try and work that in somehow. Yes. But, uh, so how about how about these other? Um, uh, so tell us about the other settings then. Um, the one that's the most thought out just now is Program, which mm -hmm. was a a setting for D and D that I started working on, as because we wanted to run a Tron-like game, but we right. didn't want to run Tron. So, uh, program takes the idea of Tron, but goes more into the Badlands that you see in Tron Evolution. I have to admit, I've not seen the sequel yet, so you might have to... Uh, well, basically, it's the idea of a digital world uh, where everyone plays a different program, so their skills and traits are kind of chosen from what they do. So a firewall program would be a better fighter, uh, basically like a soldier, uh, whereas like a paint program we're probably a very creative and social creature. Uh -huh. And then there are all these different bastions of safety amongst the glitched lands uh, where everything is starting to unravel in the, the world, basically. Uh, so you have entire cities protected by these firewall programs that are trying to stop viruses from getting through and pretty much going alien on people. Yeah. They infest and pop out as something horrible. So it's a really... That's an interesting concept. Cyberpunk-y yeah. setting. Uh-huh. Okay, but, but in shiny Tron. Yeah, but shiny, shiny Tron, Tron sort of look. Brilliant. Okay. And the fantasy and sci-fi ones we're working on, we haven't got too much to say about them just yet. Mm -hmm. uh, because we're just trying to pretty much work in a system just now. And then move on to the settings in more depth. Okay, good stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, well, that sounds. Yeah, those those, well, those two uh, companions then sound 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 pretty exciting. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to tell us tell us about? No, I, th I think uh, we've covered pretty much everything. Why don't you tell us about how folk can get involved and find out more about this, about your Kickstarter and about uh, those who play. Uh, well, straight off the bat, if anyone's in Glasgow, 
I am willing to run a game pretty much any time. Mm -hmm. So simply find me, uh, comment on any of the articles on thosewhoplaygame.com, comment on this video, uh, comment on the YouTube videos of, of the combat, just get in touch with me somehow and I will run a game for you. Well, you, uh, can't beat, you can't beat that. Uh, also, thosewhoplaygame.com, we are going to open up into a forum once the game is uh, released into the world, uh, so people will be able to follow it there. Uh, through the Kickstarter, you can follow the news about how far we're coming, and if you can draw, we are looking for artists. Okay, so you know where to go, folks. Yeah. Oh, you also have a Twitter, don't you? Uh, yeah, at uh, FungionMaster. Okay, well, um, Danny, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, if you uh, check out those websites, guys, and, and see what's going on uh, as it goes out uh, tonight, and I'm putting out on the day that we're doing this. Uh, you should have about three or four days left for the Kickstarter, so check that out pretty quick. All right, folks. See you later. <laughs>